right, all right. Where's the music? There it is. There's Madison's music. <laughs> like, where'd it go? Well, maybe this is not yours. I'm sorry, it's the wrong song. Hang on, hang on. That's another. That's another Madison. There. <laughs> there. There's the Madison theme that we know and love. There it is, right there. All right, we are back for another episode of the rocking and the rolling and the madness. I'm embarrassed, so you have to remind me not to point the top of my hands today. Why? So, in Jersey, in Jersey world, I mean, this is probably girl, girl world too, but you could tell how a person's week or how a Jersey girl's week is going. How? Based on the state of her manicure. <laughs> if anyone wants to know <laughs> what the state of my life is right now. Yeah. Or... <laughs> oh my God. Oh <laughs> my God. Like, <laughs> we're just going to wave with the hand that has all the nails on it. <laughs> I, was, I was in, where was I? Jacksonville or Orlando? And this lady at the, at the car rental counter, she had the fake nails, and I'm not joking, Maddie. They they were out like a half an inch to three quarter of an inch. And I asked her because I had to be, you know, me. I'm, I'm like, I was like, how do you type? <laughs> Honestly, though, it's weird because so I've had nails on for so long that like you just like I feel like I type because of my nails. Like I don't know if I would know how to type if I took them off. Yeah, you just kind of learn like even texting and stuff too. So, you know this timpani roll that we've been doing now is kind of getting I'm used to this right Maddie you know what that means right we have another announcement it is now officially one year since Madison joined the Laugh Lennon E team ta da I needed trumpets where were the trumpets man what the heck oh maybe we'll just play this song I think this was I'm just playing songs all, all, all this show today. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to play songs. There. You know the song? Huh? <laughs> Is that your dance? That no, you don't know this song? So we had the CEO of, we had the CEO of Bomb Bomb on here. Right? You know Bomb Bomb, the, the software? You don't know Bob. I'm about it. <laughs> don't ignore her, Darren. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's too young to know Bomb Bomb. I was gonna say you're exposing my age in like the wrong way. <laughs> like, it's oh, not Maddie, like, it's been twelve months. It's been twelve months. Twelve months. Three hundred sixty-five days. And we're on episode. Is it eleven or twelve now? Twelve. 11. No. Is it no? We did eleven last time. It's twelve this time. So that's almost like one episode per month. Yeah. Dude. Dude. I mean, you're like a podcast oh. rock star. You know what? It's uh, It's been a year, honestly. And it doesn't feel like a year. Like when I texted you this morning and I got that little reminder of the year, I was like, it feels like we've known each other for five years. So forever. like, forever. Know, Just use the word forever. 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 <laughs> uh, it feels like we've known each other forever. But then it also feels like it was just yesterday that I was... Um, 
putting myself out there for the world for the first time to interview on a book that you gave me three days to read. Yeah, yeah, man. No, I mean, listen, so, I mean, you've gone through a lot in the last 12 months, right? So, I mean, there's been ups and downs, all sorts of stuff, right? Business was so busy to business was non-existent. Yep. To maybe there's, um, what was that word I use? Uh, hope springs. Hope springs, you know, eternal joy. Like yeah. I told you last time, remember that line. It's very important. In the mortgage business, we need to know about Hope Springs. I was talking about Yogi Bear the other day. Not <laughs> That's another Springs. <laughs> so what I'm getting at, right, what I want to know. Yeah. You've done podcasts now. You've interviewed, like, I know we've got 11, 12 episodes with you on Madness, but you've done other episodes with me where you've been on panels. You've been on Laugh, Let, and Eat the flagships show yeah. <laughs> right? right you had kyle draper you had i know that was your favorite episode by the way I know really that. Was my favorite. We should have right you had the guy from donald trump impersonator johnny i can't pronounce his last italian name you've made me feel real intelligent <laughs> you had steve scallon lizard brain guy yep he called me out real quick right so i mean i'm gonna ask you something here that i don't know <laughs> How do I answer? What are the top three things you could say I've learned from being a podcast host? Okay. So first and foremost, definitely just step outside of your comfort zone. And I know that sounds like cliche, but it really is true. Um, Just the whole video realm of social media and everything that we've kind of done in the last year from podcasting, it's it's helped my business because it shows people a different side of me. So I don't think if I didn't take the risks that I've taken in the last year from podcasting to everything in between, I wouldn't have the opportunity to put myself on platforms that really showcase the other side of me. Okay. So that's first. Um, second, I think it's taught me time management. Whoa. You scaling. <laughs> Steve yeah. alert. And he called me out real quick and telling me that I had non-existent time management. Um, what if I told you I'm not a big believer of time management? I don't. What if I told you that in my book, there's actually a line that says that? That you were supposed to have read. I believe. No, I, I mean, I read it, but I don't remember that specific line. Or maybe I just like blew through that real quick. <laughs> right. You were trying <laughs> to read in between. It's me about time management, but... <laughs> I definitely learned time management because it was a, an extension of my business. So mm-hmm. I had to really, you know, allocate time accordingly. And there's a lot of things that, I mean, luckily we have JP, so we don't do too much backend stuff. But Thank God. You know those episodes that we do, it's awful. <laughs> you, you can tell the difference between a JP edit and a Foggy <laughs> Madness edit, for sure. <laughs> Ours goes up, like, real quick. Like, we record today's up tomorrow. It's like, there you go. Got to go. <laughs> All right, cool. We did it. It's done for the month. Cool. Move on. But yeah, so I definitely just time management in the sense of when you're adding different components to your business, you have to really allocate the time and not overextend yourself. And I guess that would maybe be, no, I no, I wouldn't say that I learned the say no necessarily from the podcast because I feel like the podcast has been like the say yes to everything, do every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had you do, to, have to, you do have to say no every now and then, though. I was just going to say, so I don't think I learned to say no through the podcast, but I learned to say no to like learning the importance of saying no because I had the podcast and the podcast became a priority of mine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had to really, you know, 
figure out and prioritize what was important to me, what was really going to. So what we talked about before we got on the episode is this podcast not only helped my business, but this was my, my safe space. Yeah. It was the time when everything else in the world felt like, you know, the world's coming down on me and I'm navigating different markets and the transitioning from loan partner to loan officer and trying everything. Um, I think that it definitely just gave me the time to really like reflect and it's almost like we wrote a book in the last year. Like I'm going to be able to look back on these episodes for the rest of my life and learn my perception and my, like where I'm at headspace wise or what I was doing my first year. And then use that as a reflection point to seeing how the rest of my business trans or unfolds through the next. I wonder if we could feed the audio to chat GTP and make it write a book about you. So when I was going through the last like week of craziness, with I got into the car accident. I'm just going through the mojo of the clients and stuff. I was on the phone with one of my, or on the phone with one. I can't even speak today. Mm. I was on the phone with one of my friends, and she was like, "You just need like a ghostwriter that follows you around. Like I feel mm. like your, your life is a, yeah. is a movie or a book." Um, but yeah, Chad GPP is amazing, by the way. I, I mean, I know JP is the one who introduced me to it, and he's found going beyond but i'm literally now what i'm doing is my zoom calls go to otter.ai it transcribes it i take those transcriptions i feed it to chat gtp and i have it summarize the entire conversations isn't that weird we were talking I love about it. ai stuff last week and you were calling me um what was the term you used you told me i'm a horrible horrible I don't or think a bad millennial that. or like a bad, you are a bad millennial. Yeah. You are. You are a bad. Like you didn't use horrible, but you. Just, yeah, I think like a bad negative millennial. I think bad millennial is probably. You don't like texting and like <laughs> all the things that I'm supposed to like or I'm supposed to know about. Like you really teach me a lot too. <laughs> so let, let's talk about stepping out of our comfort zone. Yes. That you, that's obviously the most important one because you list that off right off the bat. Yeah. Right. What was it about stepping out of your comfort zone? I mean, like I know for me, I had this podcast idea since 2015, right? And um, I mean, I guess I can mention their name because they're out of business, right? Who's going to sue me? So Pacific Union <laughs> is where I was at in 2015. And I had the idea like, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. I didn't even call it a podcast. I think it was just a live webinar. And I'm going to hire or I'm going to have Rob Chrisman come on. We're going to talk about the economy. People will listen, blah, blah, blah. And after like about nine weeks, the marketing department came back and said, hey, um, we don't feel that it's good that someone else represent our brand on the airwaves. <laughs> so this is 2015, right? And I was like, wow, that's kind of weird, but okay. Weird that you wouldn't want someone to be putting you guys out there. Yeah, but 2015 was a different market, right? I mean, yeah. 2015, Pacific Union wouldn't would, would, would let me put memes out there on LinkedIn. Yeah, I think, I was going to say, what was it? No, Instagram came out, what, 2013, I think. Yeah, I remember I remember I made a, you know that guy, the most fascinating guy with the Dos Equis beers? Yes. So I made a meme that said something like, 
I don't always have a bar with a 620 score, but when I do, I go to Pacific Union with it. <laughs> and they didn't let you do They didn't let you post that? Yeah, they said, you got to take that down. And I said, but this is my personal LinkedIn account. They said, yeah, you still got to take it down. So, yeah, it was like a real yeah, different. Times. Yeah, eight years makes a huge difference, right? Who knew? So here we are eight years forward, and the podcast is now in our, what, fourth season as a Laugh, Learn, and Eat podcast. Um, amazing, amazing trajectory. We're doing some really good stuff. We got some really great, great stuff coming on this 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 season, right? Yeah, you've really branched out and done a couple different sects, I feel like, for this season. But I felt, and this this were the differences for you and I. In 2018 or 2019, when I really began to like step out of my comfort zone, I had this financial backbone to do it with. Mm-hmm. Where I could, you know what I mean? Like if things got really bad. I was going to survive and I was going to make, you know I mean? It was, it was going to be okay. Yeah. You didn't have that comfort or security and you still stepped out of your comfort zone. So yeah. that's got to be a little scarier, no? hundred percent. And I was also, you know, in hindsight now too, when I was proposed with the idea to come on here, I should have ran talking to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Hell no, Fob. <laughs> Go find another sucker. I, no, I said yes immediately. I was like, oh, this is interesting. But no, I was not really like, no one was really encouraging me to do this. Everyone was a little like, that's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I just, I really wasn't getting anyone that was like in my corner besides you, obviously the one that was trying to get me on. Um, I didn't have anyone that was like, this is a really great idea and this is going to really help your business grow. Go do it. It was more like, how is this going to help your business? And I was like, how wouldn't it help my business? I'm going on a platform where I'm going to be able to reach hundreds of thousands of people and I'm getting to talk about the stuff that no one wants or the stuff that we want to talk about, but no mm-hmm. one does. When you go through the day to day of, you know, taking applications, this, stuff, I can't talk about all the things that I want to say with the client on the phone. Mm-hmm. And even within like your own internal mortgage space, you know, there's your, your coworkers and stuff through your branch managers and your peers within the industry that you can go back to and vent but then those are all behind closed doors. And I think that there was something to be said, or I felt at least like, why aren't we talking about all of this? Like, mm. I'm new. I want to know. Like, let me in on the nose. Am I crazy for feeling this way? Has anyone else ever gone through this experience? Um, you know, can someone give me advice or can I give advice to someone that's looking so at you? You wanted to step out of your comfort zone, in other words. I did. And yeah, at the time, it was also like, the, the pivot of me going from loan partner to loan officer. So I also saw this coming back to time management. Um, I saw an opportunity for more time on my hands because I was no longer going to be doing the work of the two loan officers I was working under. Got so it. in my mind, I didn't have the big book of business where I was like, yeah, I got 500 people. I'm going to start calling now that I got this free time. I had nothing. So I also felt like I had nothing to lose by going and doing this because I had nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So in other words, what you're saying is Fab, you had a lot more to lose. You could have financially afforded it, but you had a lot more to lose. (laughs) I had nothing or I had nothing to lose, but all to gain. And that's just kind of the mentality that I, and then I don't think I ever told you about my very first podcast. You weren't around then. So it was in in 2019. No, 2000. No, no, no. Before Barry. So it was actually called Mortgage Street. 
Okay. And it never took off because yes, there was a um it's a long story, but the, the Planet Home Lending where, where where I was at at that time, they promoted the the whole podcast like Fob's a great idea, let's do this, blah 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 blah. Christine Beckwith was my was actually my very very first guest. Really? Oh yeah, God. and we actually had to pay, I'll never forget this down in DC, we got a podcast studio to do the event. Cuz with Planet Home Lending, everything is like every, yeah, everything is like you just spend money on anything. You know what I mean? That's the way Planet works. And so they get me this nice studio with uh, my who turns into a really good friend now, Molly Rulin. I love her to pieces. Um, and so she gets the studio. We do a dress rehearsal the first time. It's like nothing like I imagined, right? It's, everything is going wrong. And so then the day of the actual recording, we do the podcast. Um, it was great. You know what I mean? It went off great. But then the name Mortgage Street, I guess somebody inside a planet, I can't remember the details, had an idea to brand the name Mortgage Street for their group's name. And they thought that I had ripped them off or something. Of course. And they're like, you can't use the name Mortgage Street anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> where, where are we going with this now? <laughs> so the second episode, we became known as Mortgage Minds. Okay. And I had Tony Thompson from Namba on there. And how did that episode That go? was good, except, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. They gave me this backdrop that was like 20 feet long. That's what you did to me the first time. No, no, no. I'm not joking with you. 20 feet long. It was like some for outdoor events. You're like, <laughs> you're like, where am I going? Where am I recording with this much? It was like 20 feet long and 16 feet high. Oh, like, dude, no, you didn't do that to me. You gave me everything, <laughs> and I was like, "How am I putting this together?" But listen, then it turned out that Mortgage Minds was the name was already taken by Zenix Mortgage Academy. <laughs> so they probably, oh my god, oh my god. So you was understand? Need a third name. Last need was the third name. Okay, and it stuck. So it stuck. We, we're very grateful for that name. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's yeah. It, it's interesting, but the thing is, is I just didn't give up. No. And that's where I'd say that I also didn't give up. Right. I remember after I recorded, I was like, all right, yeah, we're doing this. Boom. And then I did it. And then I was like, oh, no, this can't go anywhere. This is not going. <laughs> this is not leaving me in Bobby's inbox right now. And then I you did. You did text me that night, didn't you? Or that morning? What was it? I texted you literally that night. And I was like, you know, when you're just like thinking about it's like almost when you get into an argument with someone and you think about what you should have said after the fact. And oh, I yeah. really like just ruminate of like, what did I say? Did I, did I say that client's name out loud? Oh my God. What if the client listened? Oh yeah. my God. One of the office listens or they're going to think that I'm talking badly. And I'm like, then again, what's the point of a podcast if we're not going to put the things out there that yeah. no one wants to talk about or no one does talk about, but everyone wants to hear or everyone, you know, resonates with. So stepping out of your comfort zone, is that a Jersey thing? I always think like certain things are like Jersey thing. Like anything badass, I think is a Jersey thing. I mean, are there any wimps in Jersey? Any I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't grow up in Jersey. Like maybe if I would have grown up in like Wyoming or something. Like I DC, you'd be very like I am diplomatic. Very diplomatic. Always trying to cut it. Wild madness. It'd be called the show. Would be called Laugh, Let It Eat with Mildness. Mild. 
But I, so my mom and me always say, I don't know if I ever, I don't think I shared this story on this podcast. Mm. So when I was going into freshman year of high school, I was almost 200 pounds. So figure, you know, and then I had gone to try out for cheerleading because I cheer, I did cheerleading for like two years in middle school. Okay. We went to go try out for cheerleading. Um, it was like the spring before you actually go into the school year because they need you to practice and everything over the summer before football starts. So we went for tryouts. I got cut from the cheerleading team. So that was like my intro to high school. Oh. So then a couple of my other friends, you know, there's a lot of different fall sports. They're like, why don't you do field hockey? And I'm like, you're leading a fall sport. Yeah. Oh, oh here we go. Don't get into the whole cheerleading is not a sport with me. I don't want to hear it. I came from the dancer background. So don't start with me on that. Fall sport. Fall sport. Okay. So my right. friends were like, I, I, want, I want the audience to understand you said that, not me. I did. All and right. I think that a lot of people on here will appreciate that I just called cheerleading a sport. And some people on here are going to be like, I no, but you said a false sport. Yeah, like for like the fall, you know, there's like spring sports and fall sports in high school. Oh, I thought you said false, like F A L C E S E, excuse me, like false, like it's not like a real sport. I'm like fall. No, I'm calling it a sport. That's what I was going to say. Like that scene from My Cousin Vinny, excuse me, two Utes. Literally. Fall sport, like the season, fall like sport. Season there's fall. No, okay, there's no SFS, fall sport. sport. And then I felt pretty fall, yeah, whatever. So then I tried out for field hockey, 200 pounds. They spend the whole summer training, freaking conditioning, learning how to use a field hockey stick. And I come from a dance background, too. So like I've, I've never played sports throughout any other period of my life except maybe like pre-K, right? Get to field hockey. There's no cuts for field hockey, they tell us all summer. Then so many people were trying out for field hockey because they did soccer cuts, cheerleading cuts, and whatever else. Guess who gets cut from field hockey? Field hockey. Got cut from freaking field hockey. I didn't even want to do field hockey. I just did it because I wanted some sort of place to belong going into high school. So long story short, I ended up going out for the gymnastics team. And I did not do gymnastics. Like, again, I danced. I could do, like, a cartwheel, like, the basics. And I went out for gymnastics, and they were like, where do we put this 200-pound girl? And they put me (laughs) on the balance beam. And I literally, for that whole season, was (laughs) 200 pounds trying to do the bare – like, they were literally, like, just get up there and, like, as long as you jump off the balance beam and like stick the landing like you'll get points for something like that's literally how they approach the situation like not even like don't even try and hurt yourself Hold up. I mean, you like, get up there and get off of it gracefully but and you gotta give yourself credit i mean you 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 went out of your comfort zone on that but that's where i was gonna get to is my yeah. mom says you're the girl that gets back on the balance beam uh, that's whole, awesome. That was the moral of the story. Is that? Yeah, but you can't you can't put that other stuff in there to make me laugh. That just is too funny. Come on, yeah. man. you know that. You know that at the time. But if you can't laugh about it now, then like right. having. Well, I mean, I was like five foot one or five foot two going out for basketball, thinking I was all that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, and it's heartbreaking in the time, and your parents are trying to like support you. <laughs> and it's like, uh, kid, how many Pakistanis do you see on the basketball court right now in 1981? It's like, <laughs> right. 
would it just been easier for someone to be like, you know what, maybe you just like focus on your diet and exercise right now. Right, right. They they all said that maybe you could go to the like the algebra class. Little yeah. did they know that I was flunking algebra because I was like really a, uh, not a smart Southeast Asian. So oh, yeah, you have all those pressures or like. <laughs> like, like if you don't know how to do math or whatever, like you know trigonometry by the time you're seven, like they kick you out yeah, of the Southeast yeah. Asian classes. <laughs> so, the fact that I was playing basketball and not doing like you know the, the algebra club class, <laughs> they all thought I was weird anyway. Yeah, but get back and get back. I, in did the I did have my band though. Ever since I was like in seventh grade, I, I was always in, in the band, symphonic band, jazz band, whatever. So. I always had that little niche of people in my high school years to always guide us and protect us. Yeah. You know, we're I, still the geeks. I mean, you know, no matter what happens, you're, you're, you're the guys who are like out there in the halftime, not actually playing the football games. You're on the, on the halftime stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would have done if I would have stayed in, if I would have gotten on the cheerleading or the field hockey team, they would have sat me on the bench. So. Did you ever go back out for cheerleading? No. You never did it again. Never did it again. Because then, when I got to sophomore year, like we should do an episode where Madison tries out for like some local high school cheerleading team. <laughs> you know, like the Ellen DeGeneres show when she used to send some of her coworkers out to yeah, cheer. Yeah, we should do that. We should do a laugh, land, and eat challenge. I'm sure there's a high school in South Carolina where JP lives near the farm with the goats that would be happy to have Madison try for the cheerleading team. Do you think I could only make it out there? <laughs> I gotta go where the goats in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Not like just go try out at Wayne Valley High School. It's like, okay, keep the goat, Madison. You go back to Jersey. <laughs> the goat makes a good mascot. <laughs> All right, Madison. We got a few more minutes. Speaking yeah. of applications and bad clients. Oh, what do you got for us? Hmm. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. All the clients. Mm, no, no, no. Uh, God, I wish. Well, I got a call earlier today that there is a septic cess. I'm in mortgages. Don't call me on a septic or a cesspool because I don't know the difference. I thought that they were talking about the same thing. Yeah. And then they're asking me questions, and the appraiser didn't notate something on the file so now the, the underwriter's calling me asking and i'm like i don't know i don't mm. know i don't know mm. so she's trying to call and she's like whatever so that's one situation of me being questioned about the septic or cesspool and i'm like so, I, what, I mean what was the problem with the septic tank there's so there's nothing being disclosed like we don't know if it's one or the other it's not public or, or or septic they're not talking about it. And then all of the comps that we got for the appraisal have it. So now they're like, well, if we don't have it, then none of these comps count. And Danny and Freddie have community guidelines, which I should know these things, but I don't run into septic and cesspool too well, often. Is this, a, is this a purchase? This is a purchase. That's closing so the ages didn't know? So I called him and he's like, oh yeah, we got a septic. And I'm like, can someone put that in writing for me? Like, I don't know why I'm even being the one questioned right now. I didn't go out for the appraisal. I didn't go out for the inspection. And I don't know the difference of either. So, oh, it's a big difference. I know, I know. And I'm maybe like outing myself. <laughs> All right. So if you have a septic tank, please don't use Madison, okay? Because oh. she won't know about it. 
just normal plumbing. But after this, you will. I mean, you're, I'm sure you'll be asking every time. Absolutely learning. But it's, yeah. very, it's also in a part of Jersey where, like, it's a lot of acre lands and, and that kind of stuff yeah. where they don't get yeah. And I'm more like close to New York. That's I, where my main territory is. But. I think here in Virginia, if you have more than two acres, you're probably on a septic tank. Probably. You know, the and thing then, is, the realtor was like, yeah. You know, you know one thing, by the way, I've noticed like other podcasts in the mortgage business, they do like real serious conversations about topics. Why? And they're like getting, they dive into like, well, you know, if you do the septic tank and you then you do the inspection with the septic tank and there's cracks, then you have to repair the septic tank. They're like, well, who cares? You hear me. It's, it's like a freaking <laughs> septic <laughs> tank. Cool me on this. I'm taking to learn more. I mean, back in the 90s, like, do I get my seven points? <laughs> I know. It's like, what are we supposed to do? Just, I don't know. Like, this real crazy shit that we hear day to day. I have a lot of credit repair right now. A lot, a lot of, credit of credit repair, repair. huh? A lot, a lot, a lot. I'm like, I can't believe you do that. I still, I still don't believe you do that. I still don't. I don't it's like, why? Why do you do that? Because okay, have you had the one borrower that you repair the credit then and they go out and start shopping you yet? No. That's going to make you stop. That's what happened to me. <laughs> Remember, I always tell you why I stopped. Like, you used to go to this closings. I told you why I stopped going to closings. Yeah. Crazy no, it's going to be the one, the one-off situation that stops me from doing it. That's what happens is you. I, I literally worked on this borrower's credit. They were like a, like a 535. I get up to like 680 over a period of months. And then they call me up and say, hey, this other guy is giving us this rate. Oh. I was like, you went and shopped me? Really? Yeah. See, I feel, and this is maybe why I haven't, like, if you add that additional service with everything else that we're doing in that evaluation, like, credit is the biggest vulnerability for everyone. Like, that is the biggest, in my opinion, one of the biggest pain points. Mm-hmm. I, I, people, I'd rather talk about interest rates with some people than people are willing to talk to me about their credit, you know? Like, there's just certain clientele where, like, if we can get over that hump and I can make them feel super comfortable or just in. What's, what's your trick for credit repair? Uh, what is my what? Your, your, what is your trick? What is your strategy? So I typically look at how many accounts you have and then I'll mm-hmm. go to not what's the biggest balance. I look at what's the biggest month, like the highest monthly payment. Like what's that minimum, like the highest monthly minimum payment. Um, and then I'll kind of see, okay, is it more worth it for us to attack a couple credit cards with high minimum monthly payments and that have small balances, or you can only attack one card with a high balance, but that doesn't really have as much impact. So I usually go from, let's look at what you're paying the most on a monthly basis. Cause that's usually where you're usually in my opinion is where you're also getting dinged the most for like high interest rates. Like if they have a high payment monthly, it's usually like, high rate tack to it. So if I can Mm. get rid of those, um, then I also look at, are you an authorized user on anyone's account? And Mm. if you're not, then maybe let's consider it. But does authorized user, I heard authorized user doesn't have the same impact like it used to when I was a loan officer. Um, I think in conjunction with doing a couple things. So I would never just tell someone to like remove themselves or add themselves an authorized user without also telling them to pay off something. Um, and usually what I tell them is my goal is to not have you dump a boatload of money into credit repair that's going to take away from now the money that you have saved for down payment and closing costs. So I'm going to do those like most cost effective activities that'll have the most impact without mm-hmm. having you to dip into that money. 
Luckily, we're in a time period right now, and I don't know if this is why I'm getting a lot of these clients, but everyone's coming into their tax refund money. So oh, yeah, yeah. Don't pay off these credit cards. <laughs> so you haven't had the borrower yet that that when you raise their credit score, then start shot. So the minute you no, do no, that, it's just they don't, they just don't buy. <laughs> have you ever had a credit? Have you ever had a borrower stop doing your strategy? Like all of a sudden they just stop doing what you told them to do. Mm -hmm. Not that I like, maybe that I don't know about, and they're not yeah. like a pre-approved client anymore. But no, people are pretty receptive when I tell them because they know that that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles to preventing them to getting a home. So it. It, it comes from me. It also, I feel like it adds a little bit more. Like you have to do this because so you're giving the extra madness touch, yes. not the mildness touch. No, not we're not being mild about. Credit. You're not being mild about credit repair. You're being yeah. mad about. Like being you're pissed about. off. Most of the time, yeah. Like, I can't believe you got a 532. What are you doing back in my office? Well, you know, it was just, it's weird too. Cause again, I'm younger and I guess it's just like being in this industry. I'm like, damn it. Adults don't have their shit together either. <laughs> that when you get to be an adult, you're going to get your shit together. And then you're like, oh, okay. Um, FYI, well, Madness, I do believe you're an adult. I'm a kid. Come on now. <laughs> I do believe you're an adult. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like technically, I'm a, I'm a. I'm I mean, what do you? Hold on, now. We, we're just, oh I was just about to end the show, but now you just open up this. What's an adult? Anyone older than me? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a benchmark because you know that number is going to keep rising now, so it can't be that. 20, I'm turning 27 in three weeks, and I'm waiting to figure out at what age I stop feeling like a kid and yeah. like. Join the adult the adult I side. Can, I can tell you the way it works is you never ever stop feeling like a kid. It's that certain time at certain times you're not allowed to be that kid. Yeah. And so you put on this persona like, oh hi, I'm the regional vice president and blah blah blah. And I mean, and then you go back on you're like, hey, God! I was just talking about, I, I did a pre-approval before this and then she has a real quick, she has a newborn. So I was like, do you want me to come over and just like, I want to, I want to cuddle babies and do pre-approvals. That sounds a lot more fun than just doing it over the phone. So we went over there and we're just talking and like, I'm helping her fill out her, her husband's side. And she goes, I don't actually know what his job title is. Is that horrible? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's actually really funny because I was talking with my friends a couple of weeks ago and we were all out in California together and we were working remotely and we were all like, none of us know what each other, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we, we talk about work every day and like we're working, but it's just like, here we are like just 26 year olds pretending to be adults in this room and we all don't know each other's like job. Do you, do, you feel, do you ever feel important? Yes. Yeah. I feel way important. Okay. By the I way, once important. you start feeling important, that's the first sign that you're turning into an adult. Oh, I don't feel important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not important. Like when you walk into a room and you're like, I'm here now, we can start. Yes. But I would notice that. Or I just, I guess even like now, like seeing like the new wave of people coming into the industry. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm your mentor now. Like I don't get yeah. to mentee anymore. <laughs> That's what it's about, Madness. You yeah. are, you are adulting. Hashtag adulting. You are you are becoming. I don't want to. Where's my mom? <laughs> my mom do the call. <laughs> you are you are becoming one of us, madness. <laughs> All right, guys. Look, this was a great one year anniversary episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to another twelve months of this exciting life with madness. And by the way, madness will be doing some shows by herself and her friends. Right, madness. Yeah. 
we're, we're doing a real filter soon. Now you're gonna have accountability with this podcast. You've got yeah, time, time management, management plus accountability. You're oh my god! The everyone's gonna say, "Where's the show where there's no Fabian, just madness?" So now that you got to get ready for that one. I'll be here. All right, buddy. Say bye. Bye.